Welcome to The Ovation Show, where we're talking to Texas business owners and executives. We're discussing their business growth, their culture, sales, and strategy. We're gonna hear what their success is, their challenges, and hopefully we'll get a little education, inspiration, and maybe a little motivation as well. So now let's learn, grow, and connect. Today, my guest is Ben Davis. He's the CEO and founder of The Gents Place. Uh, welcome, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's get to know you a little bit first. So are you, you know, where are you from? Born, raised, kids? Yep. So I'm a military brat. My dad was an officer in the United States Air Force. Um, so I moved around a lot as a kid. Always had to make friends every year or two. Um, lived all over the country and uh, really served me well, you know, in being an entrepreneur because every experience is a new experience. So <laughs> I've got used to that when I was a kid. Uh, we have three kids, so 16, 15, and 12. Uh, so they just entered the the driving age, and I am now a driving instructor. I wouldn't call myself a certified driving instructor. No one thinks I'm any good at it, but uh, so that's where I'm spending my time with my family right now. And then I've been married uh, for a long time, 17 years. Uh, been together since we were 16 years old, high school sweethearts. That's awesome. So we're yeah. kind of we're about to. I have a 17th anniversary next week. Okay, so nice. The same. All right. When, when's your anniversary? August 20th. Okay, we're yeah. February 17th. So okay. we're close. I'm always nervous to get those dates right. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. My <laughs> wife, luckily, she's the one that doesn't remember, so it always okay. works. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm entering the same problem. You're, I guess, the same thing you're having. My 15 year old. We're trying to get him to go start studying for his permit. Yeah. And the driving thing. He doesn't. He just doesn't care about driving right now. A lot of kids don't these days. I have one that really wants to drive and one that could care less. That's how he is. And I'm thinking maybe when he turns 16 and his friends get licenses, then it'll happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, dude, I just want you to drive yourself to soccer and lacrosse. Yeah. Like I just, yeah. I'm really getting tired of it. <laughs> so let, all right. So let's let's just dive right mm-hmm. into it. You started Jen's Place back in 2008. I think I've been a member just about as long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been at least almost that whole time. Um, but. Talk to me about, you know, how did military brat go into becoming, you know, owning a, a beauty salon? Yeah, so I never <laughs> cut hair in my life. Actually, I, I lied. I cut hair one time several years ago on a mannequin. We had a competition, you know, on haircutting with all the franchisees. And I was in dead last place. So not only do <laughs> I, I, I not cut hair, like when the one time I tried, I was terrible at it. Um, but I was working at a startup internet-based insurance company. I was the fifth employee there. We grew it to over 100 people in a short period of time. And I was ready to strike it on my own, start my own business. And so I walked into my CEO's office and I said, I'm out of here. I want to start my own business. And he said, okay, you're crazy for many, many reasons. One, it was 2008. So it was summer of 08. The economy was already looking really bad. And my CEO was a former Bain consultant, head of global recruiting at Bain, $2,000 an hour to consult with him. He knew business. And he said, Ben, this is the worst economy I've ever seen. Why on earth would you start any business at this time? And he said, well, what do you want to do? I want to start a men's grooming concept. And he said, Ben, you have no idea how to do that. You don't know how to cut hair. You have no experience in the business. And then, you know, what we really, really focused in on is my middle son at the time, so December of 2007, was born with several major heart defects that we did not know about until after he was born. So he had a 12-hour open-heart surgery that saved his life. So six months after that, I'm walking into his office saying, I'm ready to start my own business. And he said, what about Pierce? What about health insurance? He's going to have to have multiple more surgeries. And I just remember telling him over and over again, Mark, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I just have to go. I told you when I was hired here, I had five years. 
and I wanted to start my own business. And I just felt the calling to do that. And so I opened, I got an SBA loan. And two weeks after the SBA loan was approved, Lehman Brothers collapsed. And my banker literally called me and said, hurry up and spend the money before we take it back from you. Oh, wow. And so I, I didn't realize how, what a great call this was for a contractor when you call them and say, hey, I know you haven't sent us any bills. I know you haven't started work, but can I send you $50,000 today? <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that yeah. today knowing how contractors work, but they said, absolutely, let me send you an invoice. And so getting that invoice in, uh, that wire um, over what really saved me because I saw the whole world collapse as we mm -hmm. all did in 2008. But in our shopping center, I saw these businesses go out of business. And I just barely slid in getting my SBA loan. Was that the Preston Royal location? Was that the first one? No, that no? was in Frisco. Frisco. Yeah, oh, really? Le Lebanon, the tollway. Oh, okay. I, mm -hmm. I used to go to that one too. Yeah. But yeah, okay. I didn't realize. I thought that was the first one was Preston Royal. Yeah. So how many locations do you have now? We have 11 open. Okay. We had 13 open before the pandemic, so we had a couple of casualties there. Yep. Um, and we've stopped franchising for the last three years, but just started again. And we're looking to likely award five to 10 franchises this year. Well, that was one of my questions later. So mm -hmm. let's go into that real quick. Yeah. You owned all the locations. And then I know there was one point I looked, I was thinking about the franchise thing and there's no, they're all owned by Ben. Mm. And then, so when you franchise and did you buy them back? I'd heard or. Well, yeah. So some of them we've, we've reacquired, but uh, we made a decision in 2016 to franchise because we're at this point where we wanted to grow and mm -hmm. you can either franchise or you can grow corporately and put all the money in yourself. And so uh, we got together, decided to franchise. I took in a few different partners. So one of our partners is uh, Jerry Jones, who owns the Cowboys yep. and Emmett Smith. Um, and then some uh, former franchising um, experienced executives and founders. Um, uh, we all kind of came together and a lot of brain power. A lot of people knew what they're doing. And I wanted that support. I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. You know, we have some common friends in franchising and I think all of them will say like, it's its own thing. Yep. Um, you know, running a men's grooming business, not the same thing as running a men's grooming franchise. And so I didn't want to reinvent the wheel and we got off to a really strong start and then COVID hit. Um, and so we took a pause for a while. And uh, as soon as we flipped the franchising switch back on uh, this year, we immediately started getting a lot of inquiries. That's awesome. Well, I was going to ask you about the Emmett Smith connection because mm -hmm. I remember the ads with Emmett in it. And mm -hmm. so if, and I, I thought he was a franchisee or was involved in the franchise aspect. Yeah. Of it. So he actually owned part of uh, the Preston Hollow location and okay. then also is an owner in the brand and uh, obviously a spokesperson and uh, advocate for the brand. So he's still involved. Oh, that's yeah. That's great. Yeah. That explains, I mean, having the new set and the new one at the Cowboy Center, which is fantastic. Yeah. That's where I go now. I yeah. love it. Got my locker there. Yeah. Good. Two, two doors down from you. Okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you've done really good with the branding and, and partnerships. Now it's actually something I guess we can go into that now. Mm. You know, looking at um, what you've done, I didn't realize until recently um, with Rascal. And so, you know, that's the products you're using when I get the facial done and those things. And I was like, oh, I buy the products. And then I find out Ben owns Rascal. Yeah. <laughs> so was that a product that you developed on your own or? How yeah. Did that come so about? it was a really strange story. We were importing products from overseas a lot because I'm just fascinated with Europe and Italy and Spain and Portugal, and they make these amazing products over there. And so we were importing fragrances, we were importing men's grooming products, and we we're importing toothpaste from Italy. And literally, well, the toothpaste was delayed, and the toothpaste fell off the boat coming from Europe to America. And so they're like, hey, sorry, Ben, like we had shipments like you know, crates or something mm -hmm. fall into the ocean. And I remember going, 
I'm really tired of doing business, this importing business, because my staff's upset. Where's the shampoo? Well, it's still you know stuck in customs or Spain or whatever. And so I got frustrated and said, if we're going to grow, if we're going to franchise one day, we have to have control over our supply chain. So that's what it really started was, let's have a brand that we can own and control and mitigate those risks. Uh, what ended up happening, though, was even better. We started formulating products, custom formulations, and I put it out to the team because I didn't, again, I'm kind of a novice just in general to the industry. And I said, hey, I've got this lab. They've created these products. I've done my, my best job on thinking that they're good for me, what I like, but what do you think? 10-year, 20-year experienced men's grooming professional. And so they gave me feedback and we, we iterated and iterated. So Rascal is like the, uh, the FUBU of men's grooming, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like our staff made that product. They approved the product and every product that we've launched since, it always goes into our team members get feedback, and then we tweak the product until we all say, or at least the majority says, this is good, this is better than what we're using right now. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't realize the, the collaboration with the staff as mm -hmm. well, because I like their products. In fact, they sit in my bathroom sink now. Yeah, nice. So, <laughs> so I'm getting it, you know, I figured if I'm getting my facial done and getting the work, you know, done at the salon, at the, mm. at the what, what, the club, the, the club. club yes. the, thank you. Yeah. I keep saying salon. Yeah, like, no, we salon. don't say salon. I don't yeah. go to the salon, yeah, I go right. to the club. That's right. Um, but yeah, I was doing at the club getting that done. And I said, well, I might as well use the same one at home. And it's mm -hmm. fantastic. I mean, I love the rascal, the lotion with the chamomile. So thank you. <laughs> ah, nice plug there. Yeah, there you, you actually read the labels. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. I like it. Because I always ask them, like, wow, that smells really good. Yeah. Is that the same one we're using? And like, yeah. So, oh, so some other stuff. I, so I know um, you've got the shaving. Of course, you get, again, the grooming, the club. Um, you've got the shaving side of stuff. I mean, we can talk about all the services that are provided. We'll do that in a minute. But you have one blade, I think, a partnership with. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about that, because that's and something I just learned too. So I just shot a video this morning that's going out to the the company this afternoon, and it's my personal testimonial with solving my shaving problems. And so I'm a guy that has super sensitive skin. I had ingrown hairs. I had razor bumps. And all these issues. Even when I get my hair cut, um, just the blades hitting my skin, my skin gets red. Mm. And so I always had a hard time shaving. I was introduced to this one blade razor, this patented razor is incredible seven years ago. And I used it. I said, oh my gosh, I told the CEO, we need to get into the gents place. And he said, oh, sorry, we're taking a different direction. We're just going to sell direct to consumer online. So I've been shaving with this razor that nobody has had access to at the gents place until a few months ago. And so we launched our first ever blade club. Mm. So it's got this membership club centered around the one blade razor. And the unique parts of it, you know, I could talk for hours, but the, the 30 seconds is when you have five blades hitting your face and you're doing that over and over again, over the same spot, mm -hmm. you're getting like 15, 20, 25, 30 shaves on that, on your skin. So if you have sensitive skin, you don't want more than a few passes of a razor. Otherwise you're going to have that irritation. And so one blade is this one single mm -hmm. blade with a guard on it that provides the closeness of a safe, uh, uh, straight razor but with the protection of a cartridge razor and you can still shave very quickly. And so you're getting this straight razor shave experience at home, but more importantly for guys like me, you're not having effectively 20 shaves on one part of your skin. You have like one or two, depending on how many passes you go through. 
That's interesting because I know I don't have to shave that often. Unfortunately, I mm -hmm. wish I could. Mm -hmm. Like I sit here and go, you know, all right, great. What do you do for guys that can't grow the beard? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I wish I could just get it even looking. And everyone, mm -hmm. I'll tell you, he looks really sharp. He's mm -hmm. got that nice mm -hmm. light beard. But um, I wish I could. But when I do, I actually get breakout. And I'm wondering if that's the yes. razor. Yeah. Damn it, it, you just sold me it, on a one well, day. I know. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> You're going to have everything in I your am. bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting though. I never, I never really thought about that, but you do, you have five blades. You're going to have more, more contact with the skin and it irritates it more. That's yes. interesting. Yeah. We have a lot of people don't realize that. We're going to learn all about men's grooming today. That's this right. Awesome. <laughs> so let's look at, um, all right. So something else new, I just learned too, and this is a new thing. We'll bring this one up and then we'll go to the important one. Um, but let's talk about the, the get hair MD. Yes. Cause I know that's always been an issue. And we hear a lot of guys, you know, especially at my age, people start losing their hair. You know, luckily for my dad, I'm never going to lose my hair. Yeah, but. man, I, I'm jealous. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but you're solving that now, and that's been something that one of the the stylists brought up the other day and said, "Oh, we got this new program coming out." And so, tell about get, get hair MD. Yeah, we've had requests for years, um, either from service providers like, "Hey, we know your guys are losing their hair. We have a solution to solve it." And so, there's been companies in existence for decades on on trying to do that. Um, the technology has advanced really rapidly over the last 10 or 15 years. And so I finally got to a point where one, my wife told me I was thinning out. I don't still don't believe it. Um, <laughs> actually, I believe it now. I got a photo this past week. So she was telling me you should really consider something. Um, but we never look at the crown of our head. We never see that. And so I've kind of denied it for a while. But I bumped into some guys that had an FDA cleared a laser device. So laser therapy is a big thing just in skincare, now in hair regrowth, um, where it does a lot of things. It can stimulate um, activity, it can generate new cells and all these things. So I ran into these guys that said, we have this FDA cleared device. We bought the factory overseas. We control all of the supply chain, which going back to the rascal days, I'm like, okay, good. We want to be able to have the product when we need it. And it's a really simple process of sitting under a laser for 20 minutes um over a six month period several times and it starts to stimulate uh the hair growth and i started seeing before and after photos um and at over 90 percent efficacy and so we honed in and said okay we we feel like this is the right product for us and the right service because we have this beautiful brick and mortar location that you go to the the uh, machine doesn't take up that much space and we can work it around their normal grooming schedule so just this week i was the first model and so I did it, and uh, that's where I saw the photo, a video of my hair, and I go, oh my gosh, I actually needed this. Oh, well. I didn't realize I needed it, but I do. And uh, so I'll be going through that process, and I'm doing a whole video and photo series, so you'll see me on social media saying, here I am, I'm doing it. And trying to get guys comfortable with hair regrowth, you know, because there's, I don't want to name names, but there's, you know, been TV commercials, we see guys where we go, ooh, wow, that did not go right, you know, whether it's a hair grafting procedure or a wig or something. So I want to get guys more comfortable with spending a little money, making an investment to regrow their hair, and that the old days are not today's times. There's a different way to do it, better way to do it. That's interesting. Yeah. And so that's something that stylists will be able to do on their own. Yeah. 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 You can see the same person that cuts your hair and they'll be taking you in uh, in a separate appointment or right after your hair appointment and flipping the laser on. And you sit there for 20 minutes, you can watch TV, you can read a book, you can be on your phone. It's no effort for you. And there's a few other procedures, what's called a transdermal infusion, which is what I got this past uh, week, 
where they are kind of rubbing a little wand. They're like scrubbing your head with a serum. So you do that three times over uh, your first six-month period um, to stimulate some extra hair growth. Uh, but besides that treatment, you're just going in, a laser's getting flipped on, you're kind of hanging out for 20 minutes, and then you're leaving. It's really painless. And we can still have the free cocktails. While yeah, we're... of course. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into the whole club thing and yeah. some of the benefits, but uh, that's really interesting. That's mm -hmm. I love how you're, you're taking all the things that you're using and looking at the men's grooming and you're, you're again, from lotions to shaving kit, you bring everything together. I mean, heck, I buy dead socksies from your place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jason's a good guy. Another local entrepreneur. I'm going to work to get him on the show. He's yeah. one on my list as well because I like his socks. So mm -hmm. it works. Um, now the last one, the last partnership I want to talk about, just and then we'll get back to some mm -hmm. other stuff, um, is you know you did Blaze and Brooks your whiskey, and so was that? Did you buy a barrel? Because I know like a lot of people just buy a barrel and lay, private label it, or was it a true partnership? Or? Yeah, so we bought our first barrel. We did a barrel pick, and so they sent us all the samples. We selected the one that we wanted, um, so we committed to that whole barrel. Um, it's about two hundred bottles, mm -hmm. and we did that nationwide. And uh, the legal part was the most difficult. Is just how to get people product in all these different states that we're in. So we're in Vegas and Chicago and Bentonville and Kansas City. Worked all of that out. And fortunately, it's a female-owned business, but the co-founder, her husband, is an attorney. Um, so we went through all those hurdles because that was my first thought is we can't sell alcohol to people. It's not the business we're in. Um, once we got that worked out, we did the label design. And if you look really closely at the label, it's got the skylines of all of our locations in the background. So it's a really thoughtfully done uh, design. And we launched it and uh, we sold out. It was incredible. Like our guys got the product in and uh, we had a review. Russ Kempton is one of our good friends. Uh, be another great guy to have on the show. He is the most knowledgeable tequila, beer, whiskey guy he's got every credential known to man and he reviewed the product and uh it scored very high on uh on his list was he the one that did the tasting at at he's done several at the gents place yeah yeah. yeah. he's okay. another og from uh back in you know 08 yeah. days yeah <laughs> yeah i'm really excited about that because that's one of the things like one of my restaurant gr group clients 33 restaurant group they do a lot of you know like uh uh, Union Bear and things like that. Preston Lancaster's Preston's a good, a good, friend. He's yeah. a good friend. Oh, that's right. Yeah. In fact, we, we shared the same stylist. Yeah, yeah. Just so emailing fun. him this yeah, week. I, I was just texting his brother this morning. Oh, how funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, working with, with Preston and Hunter um, and talking about the, the their whiskey blends. And I've talked to him like, I want to do that. You know, mm -hmm. buy a barrel, taste it, do a barrel, make it the ovation blend. And so yeah. I'll have to pick your brain on how you do that because you're not in the industry. Yes, and we don't have a license. We don't right. have a liquor license. And so, um, yeah, there is a particular way to do it that uh, I'd be happy to, to clue you in on because that's my initial reaction is I don't want to touch selling alcohol. It's not what we do. Yep. We're not licensed. Um, and, you know, we're a target for people. Once you make a name for yourself, whether as an individual or as a business, and your competitors would love to see you go down. And so as you get higher profile and you have investor, I've got investors to consider with Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. We got to do everything by the book. And so we were able to work out all those nuances. Yeah, you don't want to be on Jerry Jones shit list. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go take a step back though, you know, because one of the things is we talk about, it's not a salon, it's a club. Mm -hmm. And it does have the club feel, particularly even more now, I think, especially with the one by the Cowboys with lockers, the lounge. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got a good cocktail selection. Um, it's just got a really nice feel to it. Mm -hmm. um, but 
one of the things on your website, you you say, you know, you're not selling a haircut, you're selling a feeling. Yes. Where did that come from? Yeah. Like, I mean, um, talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that because that's really our differentiator. And we've, we were held that back for a long time as our secret sauce. Like people really don't know what we're doing here. And then, you know, several years ago, we said, you know what, we're just going to go to market. We're not going to hide anything. We're going to tell people what we're really doing. And so we believe and know that we're not in the business of a haircut. And the way that I think about it is a company, whether it sells a product or a service, can be in three different businesses. I think of it like a, a pyramid or a triangle. So at the bottom, you could be in the business of selling your product or service. So you're a coffee shop. Okay, what do you guys do? We sell coffee. Then you can take the next step up, which is an experience where you go, well, we sell more than fill in the blank. We're more than just a coffee shop. We're more than just a haircut place. That's where most businesses enter a market now because they know they have to. You can't just be a coffee shop serving coffee. You got to have some music and some food and all of this. But the business that I, the businesses that I admire and that I think I connect with and I, I want to do business with are the ones that go one step higher. And that's a business that sells emotions. They sell the feelings that these experiences generate. And that's where the entire team meets up and says, this is, this is the business we're in. So for the gents place, we're in the business of selling positivity, confidence, and empowerment. And we back that up. So our real secret sauce that we're not going to tell you all the details about is how we do that. But we train our team members. We use frameworks. We use a very specific training method to teach them how to communicate with you when you come in, what questions to ask, what types of questions, how to use physiology, how to change focus. Because some of these, we're dealing with the general public. Some people come in upset. Their dog died. Someone got cancer in their family. Like we deal with all kinds of stuff. But if we're going to be in this business of selling positivity, confidence, and empowerment, we have to take somebody from where they are now, which is different. When Dan comes in, he may be really close to where we want him to be. He's on fire. You know, he just had a great podcast today. Everything's awesome. Okay, that's easy. But what happens when you have a guy that comes in who's down? And I, I remember in 2008, I was working the front desk and the gentleman would come in and I'd say, hey, how's it going? I just had to lay 5,000 people off. I just need a break. And then the next gentleman would come in and I go, how's it going? He goes, I just got laid off by that same company. Like his former boss is in there getting a haircut, but he needed to come in because he was interviewing now. <laughs> he needed to look good. So you got one guy, the boss, whose job is safe, who's upset and just needs a turnaround emotionally. You have another guy that needs us and will not take the chance of going somewhere cheaper because he needs to show up looking and feeling his best self in those interviews. And so we take that very seriously. It's an obligation that we have to take somebody from where they are now to where we want them to be. So, you know, point A to point B. But that point B for us is selling positivity, confidence, and empowerment. And we have taken a 19-year-old, male or female, a 30-year-old, a 50-year-old, one-year experience, 20 years experience. We've taught them how to do that, given them those life skills that they use not only at the gents' place, but also in their personal life. Yeah. Well, I compliment you on that because I know when I come in sometimes, I'll talk to the staff like, oh, we had a staff meeting this morning. You think a staff meeting is sit around, hey, here's the focus for the week. Mm -hmm. But there's training, empowerment. They're doing, they did some art projects together, mm -hmm. some collaboration. And I really see you bring them together as a team. And then maybe that's some of that difference too, is you are, you're creating a culture and you're taking care of your customers. Do you think there's a difference where yours are employees of Jen's Place, 
whereas a lot of sal- clubs, salons yeah. you go to, they're just renting a space. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're a hairstylist, but they're renting a space. They're not technically an employee of yours. You think there's a big difference between that? For sure. I mean, just in your business, you know, like what uh, benefits standpoint, what you can offer people, not offer people mm-hmm. based on their status. From a legal standpoint, a contractor, you cannot go in and dictate their daily work. And so a team member, it's not that we're forcing them to do something. We're not micromanaging them. But when I think about contractor versus employee, what I think about is a group of individuals versus a team. So contractors, group of individuals. You can have the same 20 people in there that are not W-2 employees um, that will act completely differently than W-2 team because this here you can have and should have a unified vision you have shared values you have standards that everybody operates around and that you can course correct if something is you know is someone's veering off course can't do that in that contractor environment so the traditional hair salon in a barber shop is not a w-2 model and um most of the time, I think that's right. I think that's probably good for the industry because the owner of that barbershop or hair salon usually does not have the vision, the patience, the desire to do all the things you need to do as an employer. Because as you know, like an employer these days, we have a lot of responsibility. Like we, we are responsible for providing health care to people, which it boggles my mind that we're there, but we're there. We have an obligation to provide health care if we're at a certain size. Now we, we have an expectation to provide free lunches and all of these things. And then if you're a student of good business, well, you kind of should be having a why for the company and a how we do it and a what. And you should be watching Simon Sinek and you should be bringing all this value and ha- making the and work environment fun. And so I think most of the operators in our industry and in the service industry, um, they don't want to do all that. They just want to own their own shop because they don't want to work for somebody else. And they've got five or 10 of their buddies working in there. So I think that contractor model probably serves them well, because if they flipped it over, they're going to be in a different business. What's the response you get from a stylist, say, that comes in and interviews that's used to that contractor model? You say, yes, we want to, I want to work for you. And you're like, well, you'll be W2 and here's our culture and here's what we do and here's the way we do things. Do you get a positive response? You get a lot of them say, oh, I don't want to be controlled like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. What's the response? You I mean, there, you know, it's, what's really cool about this industry is if you take 100 people that are working in the industry, a third want to own their own business and we're not marketing to them. You know, A third want to be on a commission structure because that's just – you know, they, they like the performance-based pay. They like being at risk a little bit. They like having control. And they like this 50-50 or maybe I'm 60-40. So they've got kind of some leverage there and they're my clients. I do things my way. And then you have a third of the industry that says, you know what? I really love working with people. I want to be on a team. I want to have a company with shared values. I want some of the benefits and perks. I mean, we have health insurance. 401k, matching 401k. We have paid vacation. We pay for community service. Like we do a bunch of these things. So a third of the industry says, I value a team. I value security and I value the benefits 
that I, I'm not going to get in either of these places. Mm -hmm. And so generally now that we've been in market for a while, people know our model. Before Early on, it was difficult. And I even had some second thoughts. Man, maybe we should change. I had, a, had almost an entire team walk out on me many, many years ago. And the feedback they said was, you need to convert to a commission model, otherwise you'll never be successful. Mm. And I go, dang, I really need to give that some thought. I hate the commission model because I know it creates a group of individuals that are focused on only money. But it did cause me to pause, and I'm so glad I didn't do that because working with people, that third of the industry that wants to be on a team, like that's fun to me because that's what I want to be. I want to I want to go in there and high five everybody. And you know you have this experience in Frisco where you've got a manager that's been there for ten years. You got a lot of tenure. You got mm -hmm. some new people too, but they just love being together. They love working. They love doing painting with a twist. They went out <laughs> on a boat trip, you know, on whatever lake, and they had fun. Like they they desire to do that, which is really exciting. Well, and they bring it back to the club. I mean, mm -hmm. you, when you're there, you they'll talk about it, and there you can see they're happy, they're having a good time, and there is a relation. You can see the relationship between all of them. And it's yes. really nice. And it makes a great place to stay because, I mean, I was there yesterday and, you know, there's guys that finished getting their hair cut or shave and they end up pulling their laptops up and they're sitting there, they're getting work done. Mm -hmm. A couple are over in the lounge and I've done it before where I had a meeting. I said, well, I'm, I'm going to be running a little behind. You just want to meet me here. Yeah, I'm nice. Go sit in the nice, big, comfy leather chairs mm -hmm. and have a drink and 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 do our business. Yeah, it's, it is. It's become you know more of a destination. It is kind of like almost like a little country club. Yeah. Well, you know, Starbucks, Howard Schultz, I remember reading his first book years ago, and he describes Starbucks as the third place. Mm -hmm. And that always hit home with me that when you're not at work, you're not at home, and you're going to meet with a loved one, meet with a client, read a book, hang out, there's got to be somewhere else. And he got that because he went to Italy and saw all of these people just hanging out at the cafes. That was not a thing here in America in the 70s. And so for us, I can't be third place because Howard already took that. So we'll be fourth place, right? When you're not at work, you're not at home, <laughs> and you're tired of smelling like yeah. coffee, you know, for <laughs> sitting in there for three hours, we'll be fourth place. We'll be the place where you can have that business meeting. You can go and work on your laptop. Mm -hmm. It's comfortable. It's friendly. It's familiar, right? You go in there all the time. Um, we want to be that place for these guys that are coming in. It's fantastic. You're doing a great job. I mean, Thank I, I, you. Again, I've been with you guys for at least at least 10 years, but probably mm -hmm. like 13, 14 since it opened pretty much. Um, let's go take a step back because I want to talk about kind of some things we didn't hit on was mm -hmm. the membership model and the courses and those kind of things. So people that aren't familiar, especially you're going to be growing. They may come across your name if they're not in, in Dallas mm -hmm. area. Um, but talk about the kind of how you structure it with different courses and then the membership model. Yeah, so I, I'm a big fan of the membership model because it creates consistency with the final product. So most guys will get their hair cut every six to eight weeks because they'll go from, oh my gosh, I look terrible, I need a haircut. And then they rush in and they get it. And then they wait until they look bad again, which is usually six to eight weeks. And that has been the general cycle. And you go from looking great to looking terrible to looking great to looking terrible. The membership model for us was a way for us to say, hey, we have an every four-week plan, and we want you to consistently look and feel your best. Because remember, we're in the business of selling positivity, confidence, and empowerment. If you wait eight weeks, and you've got the biggest business meeting of your life, and you don't like the way you look, 
you are not looking your most confident best. You don't have confidence. And I've got a, a quick story in Kansas City. We had the CEO of, uh, of T-Mobile at the time, Marcelo Cloudy. Across the street from our Kansas City location, he had his people call us immediately and say, I need a haircut today, like as soon as possible. We go, oh, can he just come across the street? You know? No, he, he needs you to come here. He's very busy today. So we get there and we do a haircut in his boardroom. He's got papers flying everywhere. He's <laughs> on the phone. He's got all these people. We're like, hey, what's up? Like, we're, we're good, but what's up? He goes, I got to fly out and meet the president. He just called. I'm getting on my jet in two hours. We go, okay. He, that was how important his haircut was to him. He was not going to show up without feeling good about how he looked. And so that membership model, we have every four-week plans, every three-week, every two-week, every one-week, but it really just drives consistency in the product, and it goes right back to what business are we in. Like, there's just no other way to do it. I've had people still to this day say, there's only one thing wrong with your business model. You need an every six-week plan or an every eight-week plan. And I had a guy write a nasty review a couple weeks ago in one of our locations because he said, you guys are idiots. You need an every six or eight-week plan. And I said, well, this is how we think about it. I don't want to do that because I don't want to condone somebody getting their hair cut every six to eight weeks. Like, it just doesn't sit right with me. Um, he's like, so you're basically telling me I'm wrong. Like, no, I'm just saying you can come in whenever you want. We have a la carte mm -hmm. options, but I'm not signing up for that. And he didn't like that. <laughs> That's funny. But you got to stand behind what I mean, the, what you're selling. Yeah. It's funny because I'm, I'm on, you know, I, I pay annually. Mm -hmm. I'm on a four-week, a four you know, five course. I mean, mm -hmm. I, get, I love it. And I, but I have a standing appointment every two weeks. Yeah. And I come in and, you know, came in yesterday, just get my neck shaved, get the sideburns nice. trimmed a little yeah. bit, and get the little facial done. And, I mean, I love that. And that's just my standing every, every other Wednesday. That's awesome. You know, and I'm booked out. All, and I love it because it's booked out, like, till July. Yeah. So I can book six months at a time and just have it standing on my calendar. But I like what you said because I'm, I'm guilty of that in the past. Four to six weeks and you're going, oh, I just don't have time. I can't get it cut. You start getting shaggy. You don't like it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having that on the calendar and having that membership helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to get self-conscious too. Like even, it doesn't matter. I remember talking to Mark Cuban years ago and I was like, well, Mark, it's got to be a priority for you to look and feel your best. Not even a, you know, big prior, not even a priority. Not <laughs> even. And then I talked to Barbara Corcoran. We meet her in New York. And she's like, well, you should get Mark to come in. I go, well, this is what he said. She's like, oh, hogwash. He is the, he's in the makeup room longer than everybody else. I complains about his hair, you know. So we, even though we try to pretend as guys, that's not important to me. You know, I don't care what I look like. I'm just going to wear the black T-shirt, the jean. The reality is we derive some of our confidence based on how we show up physically to people, whether it's our weight, our hair, our eyebrows, or this or that. And so just being honest about that and going, yeah, that's part of, it's not being vain. It's just part of human biology, right? It's the human race. We want to fit in. We want people to like us. And when we look at ourselves in the mirror and we don't like what we see, that is going to affect how we operate, how we show up into a meeting. And so we're just very forward about that and say, it's not vain, it's reality, and let's just get you locked into a system that will eliminate that stress. I love it. So I was just thinking about saying, talking about getting haircuts, mm -hmm. and I was teasing your son. He happened to be behind the front desk, uh -huh. and he, he's like my son. He has all shaggy hair, I yeah. think. 
and and some he said something about getting a haircut. I'm like, well, you're in the right place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have no excuse, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I saw him. I met him that I think it was maybe a month ago or so. He was behind the front desk helping out. So. And that's my son that had has had a multiple open heart surgeries. Oh, that, oh, really? Yeah, Pierce. And so he's a he's a really special kid. But yeah, we're looking at him going, dude. I can't even see your eyeballs. Like that's my fifteen-year-old. Yeah. I know that's exactly it's, it. It's the thing, though. It is. It's, yeah. it's the thing, and I can't talk about. We're like, it's been eight weeks. Just get a haircut, just a little bit. Yeah. And we finally got him to do it last week. Didn't look any different though. Yeah. You know? but, yeah. But it's just funny. I saw a lot of that. So all right. So I, this was awesome. Um, I mean, a couple of things. I mean, I heard you say and take away from this was number one. You know, in the beginning, you know, you took a risk and you you took out an opportunity you saw mm. it and you took took the risk even during a time we probably shouldn't have mm-hmm. um controlling the supply chain it's funny because in the in our industry and in, in the health insurance industry we're building health plans and we're taking control of the supply chain which actually reduces costs for uh, for our clients mm-hmm. but again taking care of that taking control of that supply chain helps you do what you want to mm-hmm. do in a time you need it but overall i think the biggest thing i heard was having a, your your staff having a unified vision standards mm-hmm. and values and bring that into it is really how you build a company. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's important. You know, when, when I look, when I, years from now, when I look back and say, well, what did I accomplish? You know, what am I most proud of? I know it's going to be seeing people start at the gents place or any of the companies that we have and end up in a better place than when they started. And that could mean they're no longer with us. We've had people start their own barber schools, their own yogurt shops, their own ice cream shops, their own barber shops. And we've sent them along their way, proud of them that they are in a better place. And so I think that's best accomplished by having a group of people that are all rowing the boat in the same direction. I could, not, I could never be in this industry and have a group of contractors operating as a group of individuals. And that won't, that won't get me to accomplish the legacy that I want to leave for people. I got to go to sleep every night knowing that you ended up better than when you started with us. Mm-hmm. And even if you leave, I'm okay with that. This was awesome. I appreciate you coming in. This has been fantastic. You know, one thing I, I read on your website too, you know, you, and you've reiterated this over and over again is you're empowering gentlemen with confidence. They need to take on the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just, it's fantastic what you're doing and the way you're delivering it for something that we all need and do mm-hmm. every day. Yeah, thank so, you. So appreciate you coming in. We got, it's funny to realize how many friends we have in common. I too. know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we run in the same circle. So anyways, Ben, thanks for coming out. Uh, we'll put information uh, on the on the podcast and the website, et cetera. Uh, you know, how to get hold of you, how to find your locations and look into it. I do recommend everyone look at the Gents Place, all you guys out there, you won't be disappointed. Um, and so thanks for tuning in. And here's a few words from our sponsors. Thank you to our sponsors and supporters. 33 Inc., helping your brand grow with custom screen printing, embroidery, and merchandising solutions. Smart Business Concepts, providing financial services to drive profitability, scalability, and flexibility of your company. And Texas CEO Magazine, informing and educating business leaders across Texas since 2010. As business leaders, we all know that healthcare is expensive. In fact, it's one of the top five expenses in most companies. The decisions you make or don't make in your healthcare plan can have financial repercussions down the road. But not all is lost. There are ways to take charge and get your employees the best possible care, all while reducing overall costs for us as employers and employees too. Get your copy of Life and Death Decisions in the C-Suite. 
where Dan Lebrod and his colleagues pull back the curtain and address how the private healthcare system and health insurance industry have plagued businesses for decades. What you'll discover will empower you to take back control over your health insurance costs that could mean massive savings for your company while giving your employees better quality health care. Get your free copy now at the link below or using the QR code provided. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.